Hola. Hola, 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 hola. Hola, 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 hola. Are you recording right now? Yes, I am. And you're listening to For Better or Worse. I need you, Jenny J. And I thank you so much for being with me today. Today I have a special guest, and she is the co-founder of Sister Media and my life partner. So, Ma, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, everybody, I'm Ma. Hi. And I'm super excited to be here. Can I ever have you on this podcast with a normal introduction? Like, just a nice, <laughs> clean, normal, like, hi. It's a fantastic day. I actually, um, before I have guests on, mm-hmm. I, like, try to play them a podcast if they haven't already heard it beforehand to get them to be like, this is how it normally starts. And I always, always, always end up accidentally clicking one with you in it. Where the introduction is not a normal introduction. And I'm like, I'm really sorry. This is just, she just, I just, I don't, I. Speaking of which, cue the music. You make me happy. Whether you know it or not, we should be happy. That's what I said from the start. I am so happy. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of For Better or Verse. I don't think Jenny J has the name of the title yet, but by the time that she actually names this episode, the title would have been decided by then. You're listening to an episode, however, with the now mothers of Sisterhood Media. Oh my god, it's so romantic. Like a couple and everything. Oh my god. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. If you don't already recognize Sama's voice, you've been sleeping and obviously not listening to episodes. I don't really know what you're doing. I mean, that's disrespectful at this point. I'm really glad you're here, but like, why? Yeah, welcome. Welcome to the show. You should probably stay and listen to everything else that's available on itunes and soundcloud you really have no excuses i know at this point like it's we're official like we're we've been official for a while i know like but these last few episodes have been a whole creative stream of consciousness talking about why we do what we do and talking to other really cool people doing the things that they love and just all about supporting the creative people in our life and sama supports me and i support sama and this is what community and positive relationships look like. They also are not always um, about inflating each other's egos, but also telling each other when you're doing things wrong and when you need to fix yourself and and all of those things too. It's a reciprocal relationship. It is. So how are you doing, Sama? Um, a girl is tired but enthused about life. Tired but enthused. I don't really know what that looks like. Um, it looks like what my face is right now. Uh, everyone who's listening can't see your face. <laughs> um, so I will like tag some photos of you in like meme material I'm face, but oh it's still not. Yes, this. if you are listening to this, please help Jenny um, make me a meme, and we can make it like a whole movement. I'm very down for this. Make Sama a meme. Yes, 2018. I'm here for it. I'm so here for it. So we're working on a ton of cool projects. Yes, we are. Sama, would you like to tell the world what projects we're working on? Wow, there's a lot. Um, so besides the ongoing podcasts that typically go year-round, or if not stated on break, we have the cancelled. Shout out to Farhia Jama and Lou Asfaha. Um, we also have For Better or Verse that you're listening to right now. Mm-hmm. Made by the Double J Collective, produced by Sisterhood Media. Mm-hmm. 
And then we have Steve T, a podcast all about culture. And the host of that is myself. We're on break right now because there are more projects that we would like to push out instead. A uh, personal project, and that's my opinion. Um, on top of that, we have several uh, film projects as well as web series. Quite a few that will be dropping in spring of 2018 as well as summer of 2018. Um, all titles are on our um, Instagram somewhere in the hashtags and I will let you find those. If it not, it's if it's not there, then it's probably underneath a working title that's there. And you can just stay tuned for that because I feel like each project deserves its own hype. And when it's ready for that, We'll come through with the hype. But while we're talking about this, do you want to hype your own project, Jenny J? I would love to hype my own project. All right, plug your own project, Jenny J. So I'm co-directing a documentary that just finished production out in Cuba. Um, super, super excited to go through the editing process. Super excited to see what the end product looks like because while well, we do have the vision, um, it's, I mean, a project is... A project that you grow with that you develop with you give birth to this baby you give true birth and like right now i feel like we're on like it's like a nice five months into the pregnancy but mm-hmm. like those four months are still integral mm-hmm. and then and then we just watch it grow right mm-hmm. so uh it's a documentary at surface level about the tourism industry and its uh superficiality i think that that really is surface level though it's about it's about a lot more it's looking at what it means to be the people around uh, these places where people go to. And it's about the way we talk about it. The way we go to a place for a week and come back saying that we're experts. We go there for two weeks. Um, if we are able to go there for two weeks and we come back and we're like, oh my God, like this whole country um, is all of the wonderful touristy things that I saw. And there was nothing more than that, obviously. Um, and it's, I think it, while it's set in Cuba, it touches on that same idea that exists kind of everywhere and that we see, especially with travel within social media right now. I was actually thinking about this the other day when I was thinking about the idea of Bali and <clears throat> how much I would love to go to Bali and work there for the creative space that it is um, as a content creator. And I was thinking about actually what you said, Sama, about how it's like a, a mostly Muslim country and how it's uh, <laughs> like within Indonesia and you like, you think Bali and you think like, this like pretty blonde girl on the sand like touching an elephant and like wearing elephant pants and like all of these images that have been presented even to me that I'm like wow Bali's such a beautiful place and I see it as a place where content creators go to make these awesome things and I think about it more and more and I'm like where are the people like what are what what where like where is the actual community and the people that exist within this country that I as someone who is simply existing in North America, only see as a place that has blue beaches and jungles and a lot of people who can afford entire villas to like stay in and take their photos at. So I think that kind of, that that's documentary. I mean, I would, we could do a second piece in Bali and it would be the same essence. I mean, yeah, that's a lot. So essentially to wrap that up, if tourism was a show. If it was. What would it look like? Who are the people behind it? Who is excluded? And why do people watch it? So stay tuned for that project because I'm super excited about it. And I also feel like I needed to get that Bali thought out of my head because I was really, I was sitting on that. No, it is important. I mean, I feel like Bali is the new Dubai. 
Okay, I'll let you explain that one to me. So Dubai is obviously in the United Arab Emirates with the Emiratis, who now only make up of around 20% of the country and who own most of the land and businesses and all that stuff. And 80% of it are international migrant workers who come into Dubai, um, who speak mostly English because they're there for hospitality services or to create more infrastructure for the ongoing developing city. Um, and Dubai is in a lot of people's bucket list for traveling. However, they don't actually consider that when you're going to Dubai, you're going to a Muslim-majority country, you're going to a country that speaks Arabic, you're going to a country that has a different way of life, as well as different cultural dress, as what most Westerners would be familiar with. Um, and it's very entertaining when you go to Dubai and you see just these people in shorts, short shorts and tanks, and then you see Emiratis in their thwabs and abayas and buibuis, and you're just like, oh, okay. Some people have <laughs> their hijabs right quite tightly. Some ha people have their hijabs um, wrapped a little bit loosely. It's a, it's a very regional dress, and it's entertaining when you actually see that juxtaposition of the culture. And I automatically, I feel like if you were to have a pan out of the photo that you're describing in Bali, Mm -hmm. um, you would see probably some locals just in the background, like in their regular dress, just probably like looking at the little white girl that you are envisioning, who's like stand with the um, elephant or the person who's actually guiding the elephant, just kind of like giggling and thinking about how much money they're about to make. Hundred mm percent. -hmm. I've actually, <clears throat> as a as a promise to myself to do better and be better, I've unfollowed all of the travel bloggers that I used to actually admire because mm -hmm. I've just been like, you know what. You present an idea of traveling that um, I bought into, a part of a show that I bought into that I thought was exciting, that I was really here for, and you don't represent the area. Um, I don't see any appreciation for the place that you're at, um, and you just, you paint it with this, like, just... There's, there's a lot. Watch the documentary when it comes out. It's going to be a while. <laughs> I'm going to talk it. about it a lot. Just but watch it. I mean, just, it's really about changing the way you think. And I think I change, I've changed the way I think, just making it. I think actually a lot of what you're saying has, I feel like your opinions on travel blocking have sufficiently changed. Because it has. You do travel a lot, Jenny. Yeah. But you've traveled to mostly like European countries. And now that you start seeing a lot of travel bloggers going to our regions of the world in the Eastern Hemisphere, you're starting to catch some feelings, girl. Travel bloggers have started going to Sri Lanka and I have a lot of feelings about it. Really? Like a lot of a feelings. Lot of feelings. I'm just, they've started going to Sri Lanka and they've started painting Sri Lanka the same way they paint Bali. And I'm just, I'm mad. I'm so mad because there's so much culture. There's so, there's so much everything. And, you and don't get it in three days. You don't. And you don't get it riding on an elephant. And, and going on a safari tour and just being like, oh my god, I went to Sri Lanka, it was fantastic. I went to the continent of Africa, but I actually only went to one country, but I'm going to call it Africa. And like, Yo, shout out to all you real ones who do that all the time. All of us are just looking at you like, really? Mm -hmm. I saw another set of photos today by like someone I really looked up to. Yo, shout out to everybody who also acts as if Africa is one Lion King safari 100%. and just guides us through it as if there is not beach parties right beside where you are. I also feel like African Lion Safari really just didn't help the whole situation. African Lion Safari is a Western adventure. Like, it's terrible. Obviously, you know, African Lion Safari. Please I'm, get out of my face. 
I, this is also, let me just, let's give you some reference. This is a regional um, zoo that is outside of Toronto. It's in Mississauga, I believe. It's not in Mississauga. Please don't associate my hometown my, with African It Martin is Park. outside of Toronto in some part of the GTA, Greater Toronto area. I feel like it's on the way to Oakville. I could be really wrong about that, but. And mm-hmm. it's just like animals that should be in the um, sub-Saharan region of the world who are in Canada. Um, just patrolling lands and like. There are, like, cars, vehicles that are driving through this park, and you expect it to be safe for them? Like, there's little rhinos that will try to run into the cars, or there's monkeys Have that... you ever been there? Yes. There's the monkeys m- have peed all over my parents' Of tree. course. The monkeys pee everywhere. All they over. they broke um, my ca- my old car's antenna. Wow. There's also, like, like lions are literally right there, because it's an enclosed space. I completely stand against zoos and aquariums, because I think it's literally you're caging wildlife, mm-hmm. like, at its basics, at basic essence, and if you want to see something for what it actually is, I don't know, maybe watch Blue Planet, watch Planet Earth, life. Africa. I it's mean, a whole BBC, channel. BBC did a great job. They're like, doing a fantastic job. Not even to mention National Geographic as a whole channel. Also, not even to mention how they actually really, really film all these things with so much respect to the animals. Exactly. Give someone a job. Watch Planet Earth. Hmm. We've entirely derailed. But I just thought mm-hmm. those were all important things if you're listening to just, you know, maybe change the way you think, change the way you talk. Um, and tell a friend about it too. Tell a friend Start also. A conversation. I I also think that this entire uh, I want to say the documentary, but it's not the documentary. The way that I think now is significantly different to the way I was thinking a year ago when this podcast started airing, and it's completely different to to how I thought four years ago when I entered university, and and eight years ago when I was in high school. And it's always going to change. And I think <clears throat> that in terms of creating content, I think that a lot of us forget that if people are looking up to us, if people are looking to our content and getting inspiration and wanting to make their content of their own, we forget that creative content still has an impact. We forget that art can be activism, that art can change the way people think about an entire um social idea and we forget that we should therefore um make it important and make it count and question the way that we're presenting something because what does that actually mean and i'll just put it out there for like oh yeah i just i really wanted to create this travel blog about going to all these different places in southeast asia and i just think it's so beautiful and there's so many colors and i love holy like just i'm tired i'm too I also am a little happy with myself. Just a little. Jenny, three years ago, would have never thought these things. Life is but a growing process, my friend. <clears throat> it is. Growing pains included. Mm-hmm. But worth it somewhere in the end. Okay, so while I've been away, um, I recognize it's been a really difficult long-distance relationship that we've had. We've been doing really cool things in the production scene in Toronto. Not just the production production scene but an actual producing scene sorry so let me correct that and learning wonderful things through great programs and being here um working with tiff and just just a lot of learning and a lot of programming and i would love for you to share what that's been like also because i'm curious also because i want to know what you've learned also because i just enjoy like hearing all your knowledge 
Um, so I was extremely privileged to be accepted in the second cohort of the Black Women Film Canada program, uh, coordinated by Ella Cooper. And from there, I had access to a bunch of different Black women who are in the Toronto uh, media market and all the stuff that they do. So whether it's producing, acting, directing, documentary directing, um, cinematography, editing, the works. Um, and from there, I learned a lot of information. It was a very intense two weeks where we not only got to meet these women, but also get trained for them, trained by them for a few hours every day. Um, we were also privileged enough to go to TIFF, um, the conference pass, full conference pass. We were capable of going to the industry events, um, the mixers, as well as like different um, access to different people, which ultimately means different parties as well. So more exposure. Um, it was great learning, not only with people who are actually, who've actually walked through everything themselves um, and maybe had mentors, maybe did not have mentors, but also it was great networking for people that you can potentially gain as mentors. Um, with this, I was very um, aware that this was a learning experience that I was going to be a part of and soaked up everything I could and also um, removed everything that I didn't need from that sponge. Because I feel like when we admire an industry, we want to do as much as we can within it. And then we actually start to refine what we like within like four or five years of actually doing repetitive work. Um, and within this two-week intensive alone, I understood what sessions I was more interested in mm -hmm. and what sessions I really kind of got lost in, where I was more interested in my phone, more interested in what was happening in the room. Um, and I think that made me actually appreciate that producing is a very essential part of not only the film world, but as well as in all media content. Um, it is vital, if not like the most essential part to plan any kind of project. Um, and producers are not only business people, but also the like they have creative um Producers also have creative say on things that happen in the room, which I feel like a lot of producers end up just being the suit compared, well, entourage re reference, um, they end up being the suit rather than actually being the human. And that was super cool. I also recognized that I really enjoyed programming and programming can take in multiple forms and it can be event planning or um making whatever, um, programming content, and I specifically like programming films, um, programming events that are surrounded around film because it creates a dialogue that um, goes beyond what you see on screen and starts making people think about what they saw or think about what is happening. And this is truly inspired by TIFF Next Wave program, which I big up all the time. Um, a program I was in high school with and consistently go back to in terms of all of the mentors and alumni just reaching out because they're all doing really cool people doing really cool stuff and learning more about programming and my interest in programming became a very vital part of my like realization post Black Women Film Canada program and 
it gave me direction as to what I actually want to do in an industry that I really appreciate. And as much as I do think that acquisitions and distribution is important, I also know that further down the line, if distributions and acquisitions is not something that I have to look at, I'm not going to be mad about it. And likewise for everything else. I think that realizing how much you've learned in these programs, which are one, super cool, two, extremely valid, three, incredibly useful. Um, but I think, I think in realizing how much you've learned, this is just a little shout out to every single person who might be listening, who is listening, who is um, a self-taught videographer, um, a self-taught, you know, photographer who has now started doing video, who's really fascinated by all of it and edits and puts out so much content and who's like, yeah, I'm just going to start making short films and do this. I would just like to remind you that there's an entire industry that because we, and I say we because I'm a part of, I'm a part of this, um, that because we have learned how to do these things in a very accessible way, that YouTube as a distribution level is accessible to us, that camera equipment is no longer renting um, incredibly expensive gear or like the gear to make this stuff look the same is not is, is now super, super accessible. I think it's important to remember that there are these people, there are these roles, there's importance in it. Um, and something I'm starting to learn, like we don't have to do all of it. And, and it, there is a lot to be said for like, the individual people in the industry who like take on those roles and do those things. And it also is super frustrating to be in that industry when everything else is just put out instantly. Yeah, I just wanted to... Yeah. Uh, that cosign and retweet. Um, I definitely believe that within all self-taught work, whether you are a self-taught makeup artist, self-taught musician, self-taught pianist, mm -hmm. um, self-taught anything, mm -hmm. that there is so much love and support and like, oh my God, I just want to hug you because you persevered for so long and you're still persevering. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people won't ever take you seriously because you don't have some kind of accreditation on your back. 100%. And that means nothing at the end of the day. So many film careers alone have been made possible because of digital filmmaking. Mm -hmm. Like 20 years ago, people were shooting in film. Mm -hmm. Now film is like only for the film lovers who like to hear that taking cinema reel going. That's worth like thousands of dollars. Like every, every minute counts, every shot counts. Yeah. Um, and I think that YouTube as a distribution method is one of the most brilliant oversighted distribution methods of, I don't know, the past five years and 100%. years to come. The fact that I've been in the little industry spaces that I've been in and will continue to be in, everybody acts as if YouTube or in web series just don't exist or they're like a fleeting cause. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Issa Rae, point blank period, Google is readily available for you, is an example of somebody who can not only 
create a web series by herself, but also produce other people's web series and like acquire them and put them on her channel and get views and eyes are what matter. Engagement is what matters. She's still engaged with her audience, even though she has an HBO HBO show that has finished season two and is working on season three. As well, it's like she's in a film. She's doing other stuff. Like, please, please. Like, for us to not recognize that YouTube exists, for us to pretend that SoundCloud artists aren't real artists, it's naive. And it completely shuts out um, self-taught people who are making incredible work. Sometimes you can feel that hunger actually radiate through the music, through the page, through the screen. Like, why would anybody deem that not a source of valid artistic work? I mean, from both sides, from both ends of the coin, I think there are people who exist on these platforms who completely have... There are people who exist on these platforms who completely forget or don't even realize or remember to acknowledge that there's an entire industry that like they could be tapping into that they're kind of a part of but they feel like they're completely disconnected from and then there are people in the industry who are like oh we don't we don't associate like that's not that's not real for us yeah and i think there it's an idea of like traditionalists versus people who don't have accessibility into that 100 percent um, a lot of people don't have read- readily available materials for them to um, paint on a canvas and um, find an art dealer to put their work in a studio for them to charge upwards of four, 500 and more dollars just so that they can get, I don't know, next month's rent or whatever. A lot of people are just like, you know what, let me just paint on the street. Let me just draw. Let me make some public art quote-unquote and actually just design something with a spray bottle that has red ink and this one has blue and this one has pink and then make a beautiful mural that no one asked me to do and that everybody puts on instagram like what is art who is defining it and why do we feel like there should be gatekeepers Sabah Ali with the facts. Asking for a friend, you know? I'm just, just asking for a friend. That is also something that I've, like, begun to learn and realize. Mm-hmm. I mean, within every community, there will be people who are privileged enough to take part in it and people who are not. People who are privileged enough to go the traditional route, people who don't have that accessibility, too. And, I mean, that's the whole reason why a lot of conversations have started in the film industry about accessibility, who's being represented, both on screen and off screen, where are the women, quote unquote, and then how you have certain people who continuously are like, you know, I write all these scripts, but I don't know who to send it to. So they look within their communities and try to find an infrastructure. I tell Jenny every day that I, I'm i not aware of different infrastructures that are available for different communities, but I think that they are important and I haven't seen a lot of them outside of the black community or at the same volumes as the black community. I mean, I'm going to co-sign that because I've actually been, now that I am currently in Toronto, and I'll leave that as a loose currently because we really don't know where where Jenny J is going off to. Jenny J doesn't even know where Jenny J is going off to. My mom just every now and then gets a message and it's like, oh, okay, I figured out my plan for the next three months. Might change. Um, <laughs> sorry, mom. Um, but uh, while I'm currently in Toronto, I was like, you know what? 
like there is a, a Sri Lankan community. Like shout out to my people who are here, but like where are you? I would love to find you. Where are the other artists that are like proud of not only their background, that are identifying with their background, and that are also putting out work and supporting their communities because the infrastructures don't exist for us? Essentially what a man saying. I <sighs> I don't know. What am I saying? Is I'm, it a soon touch link up thing or that? Wow, that was really. I don't understand what you said. Can you translate <laughs> for the older generational audience that is listening to these, uh, aka my mom? Uh, please. <laughs> like, when are we meeting? Like, oh, is that what that meant? Relatively, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was really just asking for friends. Asking for friends, yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of friends that we ask for. Yes, we do always. We're in time for today. Oh, poop. Can we use a different phrase? <laughs> oh. Je- Jenny's just trying to do a proper ending and I'm just being terrible. You are. You're being trash. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I haven't like shouted you out fully. Fully for what? I just, I, I feel like I haven't like given you love as a creative. Hi, people. I'm creative. Shout out to non-gender bias even though it's habit in our colloquial slang it's not the first thought that counts as the second can you explain that thought for all the people who don't understand what the first thought is the way you are conditioned by society to think of the second thought is what is where your actual um, psyche kicks in and that's when you start to deconstruct colonial thought ableist thought gendered thought racist thought Anything that could be um, influenced by your society and the biases that it has. So it's not the first thought that counts. It's the second. We'll let you sit with that one. I think that's a great ending. Fame. Fantastic. Fantastico. I'm still saying really like terrible Spanish. Bueno. Bueno. Es bueno. Uh, you've been listening to an episode of For Better or Reverse. My name is Jenny J, and I've been your host. Sama is mocking me, but she has also been in the studio here with me today. We are the mothers of Sisterhood Media. Uh-huh. I'm the founder of the Double J Collective. Uh-huh. There's so many exciting things happening, uh-huh. and I am filled with energy. Sama is filled with energy, even if she's tired. You should check out our work. You should say hello. You should slide into her DMs and tell us that you're listening. Tell me that you're listening, please. Um, yeah, just say hola. Just say hola, you know? Just a nice little hola, Gato. We'll, we'll do the trick for us. <laughs> um, well, Spanish speakers all around the globe are wondering, what did you just say? I said hi, cat, <laughs> In a very non-Spanish way. Exactly. That was and on purpose. Sarah Ray is out here cackling. She is. There was a cat. It's... He, should, he had to be there. Yeah, you had to be there. Okay, well, um, we're no longer here, so. All right. Bye. Have a beautiful day. <laughs>